It's a great day, but a sad day in some ways because uh, Hope is going to be leaving us uh, for college. She has been a part of this youth ministry and the worship team, uh, adult and youth, for many years. And she is a leader, and she is a, an incredibly godly woman, and we really appreciate Hope Marquardt, and we're going to miss her big time. Um, but uh, you need to love on her and, and uh, talk to her and pray for her before you get out of here, those of you especially that know her well. Um, but I just want to just take a minute and pray for you, and then, uh, yeah, read to us. Okay. okay. Father, I, I just uh, I thank you for hope. Lord, as she, uh, as she sets her heart to uh, leave to a new adventure, we ask you to go before her. And as she stands in proxy to all of the, the parents and the youth, uh, young people that are in this room today, um, we just pray, Lord, that you would just bless her and that you would put people in her path that she'd be able to minister to and love on. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So I'm just going to kind of jump into this message, and it's uh, out of Psalm 23. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want to open to there and follow along with me as I go. We'll have it also on the screen. Um, but there is a condition that is devastating Americans. And this condition afflicts 70 million Americans, faulted for 38,000 deaths a year, this condition. Costs us $70 billion a year. 64% of high schoolers are affected by this condition. Most severely affected are 30 to 40-year-olds by this condition. And 50% of our seniors are affected by this condition. And what is that condition? Sleeplessness. Sleeplessness. You know, when I get in my car, um, I'm hoping, uh, most of the time I don't even really think about it, but every once in a while you're driving along and that red light, engine light, comes on in that car. Just kind of freaks me out for a minute. But the problem is not the light. The problem is just a signal that there is something wrong. And it alerts us. And if we're wise, what we're going to do is we're going to try to take that car to some manufacturer, somebody who knows about the car, knows the intricacies about the car, and can kind of help us fix this thing, right? That's who we need to run to. You certainly aren't going to run to me because I would not be of any use to you whatsoever in fixing your car. 
But sleeplessness is not the problem. Sleeplessness is a signal that there's something much more deeper. Now, I'm going to try to take a little bit of a holistic approach. I mean, there's a lot of factors, physical and emotional and mental, and there's a lot of remedies. There's a lot of other things that cause sleeplessness. I'm going to kind of come from the perspective more of a spiritual dynamic of sleeplessness as we talk about today. But there's some animals that just have no problem in sleeping whatsoever. First off, a dog. Dogs need an average of 12 to 14 hours a day. Oh, and they do. They sleep a lot, right? A cat. A cat. 15 to 20 hours a day. Cats. That's where we get catnap, right? They need a catnap. A bear hibernates seven to eight months a year. I don't even know how that works. I mean, physiologically, and I, I, yeah. that's not good. Sloth, 15 to 20 hours a day. But there is one living creature that has tremendous amount of trouble resting. And that animal is a sheep. Sheep are incredibly jittery. They are, they are nervous by nature. They sleep very little, three to four hours a day. That's all a sheep pretty much can sleep. And for sheep to sleep, everything's got to be just right. No predators, no tension in the flock. And sheep can be easily distracted. And they have great peripheral vision. They, they can see things. That's kind of a lot of, you know, their eyes are a little bit more on the side of their head there, I guess. But they can, they can see peripheral. But they, they, can, they have incredible struggles with the dimension, seeing right in front of them. They have problems with the poor depth of perception. They can't really see beyond immediately their noses. But they have an incredibly well-prepared and developed sense of hearing. The shepherd's verbal guidance is extremely important to sheep. The person given oversight to those sheep, his verbal guidance to lead them and direct them so they know where they're going because they just they can't see what's in front of them. And so for them to be able to really receive rest and to be able to calmly lay down, They've, they've got to have some sense of peace, and it's the voice of the shepherd that is really paramount. John 10, 27 says this, Jesus, the great shepherd, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, I, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. They need a shepherd to lead them, to guide them, help them to find green pastures. No shepherd? limited peace. Without a shepherd, it's hard for them to rest. So the theme of Psalm 23 really is rest. It's rest. God is not a slave driver. It's not about work more, work harder, get it done. God is not pro-exhaustion. One of, one of the, when Pharaoh was 
totally upset about Moses and him trying to get people to go and worship God and spend time with God and have a Sabbath. Moses really confronted, was confronted by Pharaoh with, you know, you're trying to get these people to rest. Well, I'm just going to put more work on them. I'll work them harder. I'll keep them from resting. I'll keep them from honoring God. I'll keep them from that Sabbath, that time to be just at rest. You know what's interesting about the seven days of creation? On the sixth day, God created what? Yeah, created man and woman, right? What's amazing is that the next full day of Adam and Eve's existence was a day of rest. It wasn't a day of work. I mean, they had plenty to do, right? I mean, there was so much to do, so much that was at their disposal. But God put them on the sixth day, created them, and then had a full day of rest before they walked into work. And so it is, I think, even in our own lives, we will be the most productive, the most fruitful, if our work flows out of a place of rest. We have a tendency, we, well, we start work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we gruel it out, hoping that we'll find some rest on the weekend. And that was never God's intention. God's intention was not to work, 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 and then try to find some way to rest. The way that he's built us was to find rest, to be in rest, to be in relationship with him. And what would flow out of that would be incredible productivity. Work would be much more beneficial, right? If it can flow out of a position and a place of rest. Sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd. In Psalm 23, 1 through 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. So who's active here? Who's in charge? It's the shepherd, right? The sheep are totally dependent on his leading, on his guidance. And it's amazing to me, and, I, and I'm, all, I'm, I'm in this, our society champions, right, grit, determination, being able to pull from our own strength and talent and just get the job done. We'll do anything to show the world how, we've, how well we've kept things together. In fact, we come in, you know, church and everything is all good and how are you? Man, I'm great. My week's been great. And then we leave and we're anxious. We're fretful. We go to sleep. We wake up in the middle of the night, and we're just like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? You know, I, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. How am I going to do this? And, and we relinquish God's control of our life, right? Trying to control it ourselves. We display on our social media sites, our Twitter and our Instagrams and our Facebook pages, what really isn't real what we're trying to convey to someone else, right, that isn't really reality. We need, I think for health purposes, we really need to embrace weakness, our weakness. Paul said himself, he says, when you're weak, then you are strong, right? When you understand that you are weak and that you are dependent and that you, you've got to put your full and total trust in me, then 
then you will find in that a powerful anointing. You will find a strength that you didn't even know was even possible, was even there. When you acknowledge your dependence on me, when you acknowledge your trust in me, when you acknowledge that you are completely <laughs> unable to accomplish everything that you could possibly accomplish, if you can rely on my power, my leading, my guidance, one word from God could be all it takes, right? Key to rest is surrender. Surrender. My, my son, my oldest son, Jordan, you know, I, I know I, I struggle with this sleep. I, maybe probably two nights out of a week, I may just get up in the middle of the night and I'm just like, <gasps> especially when it was the Love Moni and the Global Leadership Summit, all those things were happening all those weeks. I'd wake up and I'd go, oh my gosh, he says, ah. But sometimes I'd have to catch my breath. And I was just like, God, what is, what is happening here? Why, why am I feeling this? And my son, he, he says, Dad, you need to download the, the Headspace app. A little guided meditation, you know, will help you out, right? Nothing wrong with technique, nothing wrong with guided meditation. I mean, there's ways in which we can kind of like, ah, but even in this guided meditation, which I have tried, it's saying just kind of relax and let your weight kind of settle and just let it. I'm thinking that's really what God wants me to do, right? Is just let go of the weight, cast it off, just put it in his hands. Just take a deep breath, Dave. Quiet yourself. And this is something that I, I feel like this is so important. You don't always have the power to control. But you do have the power to surrender. We try to control things. We, we can't control it, so we get anxious. We can't, can't make it work. We can't rectify it. We can't, we can't find. Uh, it's out of our control, right? Isn't that why we lose sleep? Isn't that why we become anxious? Because it's out of our control. We, we don't know what, is, what the future holds, right? I don't have control over everything. But what I do have control over is my surrender. Surrender to you, Lord. I, I surrender to you because you are the good shepherd. You are here. It's a photo that I found on. Um, these are it's a sheep herder, and his sheep. Uh, the arrow is the shepherd, and he's leading his sheep through. You know, oftentimes when we look at the passage that talks about, you know, the green pastures, right? We think maybe our mind goes to like England or something or Ireland and there's these lush green pastures. Well, that, that isn't the case in Israel. In fact, you hardly can find patches of green. And when you do, it's like treasure. It's like gold. And I don't, it's hard to see it on this screen, but you can see some of the darker areas against the lighter areas and that's the grass. That's where he, the shepherd is leading his sheep to the green pastures. <laughs> These are the green pastures. And there's, very, there's just enough for them to feed. They, they can't see it. They don't know where to find it. So the shepherd is leading them to, 
able, so they can eat, so they can lie down, so they can rest, right? That they can actually supply themselves with food and nourishment. But this is a daily process. The shepherd has to take them daily to new areas and new places and for, for them to feed. And our dependence on God to lead us and to guide us has to be a daily dependence. The psalmist is trying to tell us that, that there is a daily dependence on the shepherd. He will lead us, he will guide us, but we must daily depend on it. We've got to daily surrender control. Hello? You're all so quiet. In Psalm 23, 4, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It, you know, as I read and as I meditated on this passage, it was, it was interesting that there was, there's this mixture, right? We, we have a tendency maybe in our mind to, to think two separate things. Okay, he leads me to quiet waters, still waters, green pastures, and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But it just, in reflecting on it, it was just almost like there, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying there's, there's a balance in our life, right? It's not just one or the other. That there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times that we're going through dark valleys. There's going to be times where there's green pastures. We wish it was green pastures all the time. Hello? We wish it was quiet all the time. There was no disturbance. There was no, no dark, like, where am I? What is going on here? But it's a part of life. Green pastures, quiet waters, dark valleys. It's, it's all a part of life. But in all of it, God works all things together for good. That he is our shepherd. He is watching over us. He is walking through the dark valleys. He is leading us to the green pastures. He is actively involved. And if we can just trust, if we can just depend on him, if we can just say, yes, I just release this to you, we're going to find strength. You know, the shepherd's rod and staff. You know, the shepherd would use the, he had one end is the rod, the other is the staff. He would take opportunity to be able to progress them and lead them along with that staff. He would be able to lead them to green pastures. He'd be able to lead them to quiet waters. But then when they were going through the dark valley, he could take that rod and shoot, hit that line, man. Bam! That God is there to protect us if we'll depend on that. If we'll trust in that. He has a rod that can slay the enemy. A rod that can slay those powers that are trying to overwhelm us as we walk through this dark place. But he also has a staff that will lead us and guide us and nourish us and keep us on point. And what's so awesome about the shepherd is that he is such a powerful protector. I saw these, here's a couple images of a shepherd. Once they, once they put the sheep in, they, you know, they build stone walls to put uh, pens, you know, not, and they would put the sheep one by one. What, what is also amazing about the rod, too, is that the rod was a way for the shepherd to count the sheep as they walked into the pen. He would just touch them one by one. 
And the rod also signifies that God is very much aware of us as an individual. He cares about us as individuals. It's just that whole thing about he leaves the 99. No shepherd's going to leave his 99 sheep to go after one. Think about it. You're going to just leave your 99 alone to go after this one stray? But God's not like any other shepherd. He can watch over the 99 while he's going after the one. God cares so deeply about the one. Touches us. And so he protects. So he, the shepherd literally sleeps at the gate to ward off any enemy attack. Here's a second uh, photo as well. Sheep are all in there. It's quiet. They're being guarded. There's peace. And the shepherd is at the gate, and he'll stay there until it's time for them to move again, protecting and warding off. And Jesus said this in John 10, 7 through 11. He says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate. Say, I am the gate. Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Even, even when it's not quiet waters, even when it's not the grass, even in the dark valley, he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. There's something powerful. There's something strengthening, even about those things that we have to come up against, right? With his help. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Psalm 23, 5 says this. And there's a, there's a subtle transition in Psalm right here. It goes from this imagery of being the sheep, being led, guided through the dark valley, and all of a sudden we have a human. Psalmist David just all of a sudden transitions from this imagery of sheep to, okay, I'm human. I'm, I'm sitting at this table. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It's interesting. This Neged, which is a Hebrew word for presence, in the presence of. It's, it's used a lot in that manner and in that term. But it also means opposite. It means against. The Hebrew word neged often means a confrontational stance. You prepare before me a table. You prepare a table before me in opposition to my enemies. I have before me everything that I need. You have prepared me by bringing me to the, the place of rest and quiet. And even though I'm walking through the valley, I'm trusting, I'm resting in you. And out of that rest, I come out more prepared, stronger. What is available to me, what you have given me through all of this process is in direct opposition to the enemy. I am prepared to bring confrontation to my enemies in the presence of my enemies. Another way of saying this is, Lord, you provide me all I need to be victorious in the face of my enemies. There is something, there is something incredibly powerful about just resting and not 
trying to control. There's, there's an anointing, I think, that comes on us. There's a grace. There's a strength that comes from God himself. That as we go through the good, the bad, that we understand that God works all things together for good. That when we're weak, we are made strong. There's something powerful that when we recognize our dependence, we recognize our need, we recognize that we are weak and that we are totally sustained by the great shepherd. There is something strong that happens. There's, some, there's an anointing, there's a grace, there's a strength, there's a confidence not in ourselves but in God that allows us to do the good fight, to fight the fight of faith. And to be victorious in the presence of our enemies. Out of our rest and trust flows an anointing and provision to bravely oppose the things that need to be confronted. Whether it be over our family, over our finances, whatever it may be. There's something that's powerful. And then Psalm 23.6, he ends with this, he says. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's kind of this bookend, right? At the beginning, he says that he will lead us, he will guide us. And at the end, he says, I will follow after you. I will pursue you. I will be at your rear side I will lead you, I will follow and pursue you, I will hem you in, you are mine, I am your shepherd, you don't have to worry, you don't have to fear the unknown, you don't have to worry or fear about that which you cannot see, cannot control, you can just trust the shepherd is with you through whatever circumstances you go through. And when we can get that in our spirit, we can rest. And out of that rest will flow Productive work, productive anointing, strength, grace. Are you following this? Huh? Are you hearing this? Focus on his goodness. Whoa. Dude. It's an earthquake. I hit it. He is working all things for good. He is working all things for good. He is working all things for good. Right? Okay. Stop trying to control things that are not in your power to control. Take a breath. Psalm 105 says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. The shepherd is good. The shepherd is good. Now, Austin, I'm going to use you for a minute. So, I want you to I want you to hold this out. Okay. Somebody got a watch? They can time this? Okay. This gentleman right here. I'm sorry, what's your name? James. James, that's right. I met you, James. Ah, 
So, okay, so he's going to time you 30 seconds. Hold it straight out. Very good. Well done, Austin. Keep it up. You were working out more. I know, honestly. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so, so tell us, how, was it getting a little? It was a little tiring. Yeah, a little tiring? Yeah. Yeah. It's heavier yeah. than it looks. Yeah. So, what if you had to hold this out here like this for 30 minutes? I'd be done. It'd be down here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might, you might, if you tried really hard with grit, you might start maybe pulling some muscles. Or there could yeah. be some damage done, right? Yeah. The longer you hold this, the more damage it could be done. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. You know, it's crazy how we hold on to things, mm. right? The hurt, the pain, the unforgiveness, the control. We, we hold on to it. And the longer you hold on to it, the harder it is on you. The more damage that's going to occur to you spiritually. You're not meant to hold on to that. You've got to trust your creator, your manufacturer. <laughs> you need to take that signal and you need to take it to him. Because he knows you. Right? You're not meant to hold this. You're going to lose the grip. You need to let it go. You've got to let it go. Because the longer you hold on to it, the greater will be the sleeplessness, the greater will be the anxiety, the greater that will be the frustration, the hurt, the pain. You've got to let it go. Right? You gotta let it go. So let's the worship team become and lead us in song. I want to just encourage you. There's I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to several of you, many of you. Holding on to your future. How can I control it? How can I it doesn't mean we don't plan. Nothing wrong with planning. Nothing wrong with trying to get our A through Z all in line. Get our schedule. But when we lose control, that's when it becomes difficult. So let's stand to our feet and let's take a minute to just release. And I want to encourage you to surrender. Even if you don't, can't think of anything you need to surrender, you probably just need to surrender to him anyhow, right? And there's something powerful. <clears throat> you know, this here, this is a sign of victory. The sign of victory. It's a sign when the Packers make a touchdown against the Bears. It's, it's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> okay, I lost you already. Okay. Oh, come on. It's a sign of victory. Yes! Yes, we all do it, right? But it's also a sign of surrender right a sign of surrender 
But you know what? It can be a sign of both. Surrender can be a sign of victory, right? Because now you're surrendering it all to him, and now he can do something victorious in the middle of it, right? So this lifting of hands, we, we believe in expressions. You don't have to express yourself that way. But I just encourage you to just surrender in whatever manner or fashion you think is comfortable for you. Surrender so that he can be victorious, right? In those circumstances. So, all right. What do you need to do? Let it go. Don't, uh, uh, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to it. Uh, 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 no, no, I can't let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. It's much lighter that way. Right? Father, we thank you that you are a good shepherd. Gracious. You lead us and you pursue us. You hem us in, both front and back. You're with us through the green, through the quiet, through the disturbances, through the dark. You are always there, and you work all things together for good. Lord, I ask you to remind people that are in this room today and those that are watching, Father, that they would this week, when things begin to weigh them down, that they'd let it go surrender to you you the guardian of our of our soul holy spirit be with us remind us speak in the quiet calm us with resting assurance so that we might be the most productive followers of jesus that we can possibly be followers followers of jesus so, Lord, we ask your blessing on everyone in this room and those that they will impact this week in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen, amen. God bless you richly.